Section 35 of The World War. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The World Story, Volume 15, The World War. Edited by Horatio W. Dresser. Section 35. The Defeat at Gallipoli. 1915 by Sir Ian Hamilton. In an attempt to capture Constantinople and open the Dardanelles, thus securing a much-needed passage to the grain ports of southern Russia, an English army, under Sir Ian Hamilton, landed on the Gallipoli Peninsula on April the 26th, 1915. The campaign, which ended with the retreat from Gallipoli, as reported January the ninth, nineteen sixteen, with the final abandonment of positions which the British had held, covered a period of about eleven months. General Sir Ian Hamilton's report, which made known to the world for the first time some of the more important details of the great disaster, covers the period from early May to the middle of October, when General Hamilton was recalled. The operations at Souvla Bay took place early in August, and led to the climax on August the 10th, when the Turks made their attack upon the battalions of the 6th North Lancashire and 5th Wiltshire regiments. The campaign in the Dardanelles came to an end with the abandonment of Sed El Bar. The following selection from General Hamilton's report tells the story of the fateful days in August the editor first our men were shelled by every enemy gun then assaulted by a huge column consisting of no less than a full division plus three battalions the north lancashire men were simply overwhelmed in their shallow trenches by sheer weight of numbers while the wiltshires who were caught out in the open were literally almost annihilated the ponderous mass of the enemy swept over the crest and swarmed around the Hampshires and General Baldwin's brigade, which had to give ground and were only extricated with great difficulty and with very heavy losses. Now it was our turn. The warships and the New Zealand and Australian artillery, an Indian mountain artillery brigade and the 69th Brigade Royal Field Artillery were getting the chance of a lifetime as successive solid lines of turks topped the crest of the ridge gaps were torn through their formation and an iron rain fell upon them as they tried to reform in the gullies not here only did the turks pay dearly for their recapture of the vital crest enemy reinforcements continued to move up under a heavy and accurate fire from our guns still they kept topping the ridges and pouring down the western slopes of chunuk bear as if determined to regain everything they had lost but once they were over the crest they became exposed not only to the full blast of the guns naval and military but to a battery of ten new zealand machine guns which played upon their serried ranks at close range until their barrels were red hot enormous losses were inflicted 
and of the swarms which had once fairly crossed the crest line only a handful ever struggled back to their own side of chunnock bear at the same time strong forces of the enemy were hurled against the spears to the northeast where there arose a conflict so deadly that it may be considered the climax of four days fighting for the ridge portions of our line were pierced and the troops were driven clean down the hill at the foot of the hill the men who were supervising the transport of food and water were rallied by staff captain street unhesitatingly they followed him back where they plunged again into the midst of that series of struggles in which generals fought in the ranks and men dropped their scientific weapons and caught one another by the throat the turks came on again and again fighting magnificently and calling upon the name of god our men stood to it and maintained by many a deed of daring the old traditions of their race they died in the ranks where they stood by evening the total casualties of general birdwood's force had reached twelve thousand and included a large proportion of officers the thirteenth division of the new army under major general shaw had alone lost six thousand out of a grand total of ten thousand five hundred brigadier general baldwin was gone and all his staff and commanding officers thirteen had disappeared from the fighting effectives the warwicks and worcesters had lost literally every single officer the old german notion that no unit could stand the loss of more than twenty five per cent had been completely falsified the thirteenth division and the twenty-ninth brigade of the tenth irish division had lost more than twice that and in spirit were game for as much more fighting as might be required the operations in the region of anzac were in process at about the same time general hamilton reports that during the night of august the eleventh two brigades were brought from imbros to suvla bay the brigades and their batteries were landed in the darkness and the turks were taken by surprise but misfortunes soon came here as elsewhere in the campaign the senior commanders lacked experience in the new trench warfare and did not understand the turkish methods of fighting on august the fifteenth general stopford was relieved of the command of his division and general delisle succeeded him then too the soldiers suffered greatly from lack of water a large quantity of water was secretly collected at anzac where a reservoir holding thirty thousand gallons was built oil tins with a capacity of eighty thousand gallons were collected and fitted with handles but at the most important juncture an accident to a steamer delayed the landing of the supply it was not therefore feasible to bring up the reserves when most needed general hamilton's report continues at times i thought of throwing my reserves into this stubborn central battle where probably they would have turned the scale but each time water troubles made me give up the idea all ranks at anzac being reduced to a pint a day true thirst is a sensation unknown to the dwellers in cool well-watered england but at anzac when the mules with water-bags arrived at the front the men would rush up to them in swarms just to lick the moisture that exuded through the canvas bags 
until wells had been discovered under freshly won hills the reinforcing of anzac by even so much as a brigade was unthinkable by the middle of august the british were also short of rifles general hamilton cabled for fifty thousand fresh rifles and reinforcements at once believing that by their aid his troops could clear a passage for the fleet to constantinople but the reinforcements and munitions were not forthcoming the retirement from Suvla Bay and Anzac regions was a step towards the abandonment of the entire peninsula of Gallipoli. At the time General Hamilton was recalled in October, the evacuation of the peninsula seemed to him unthinkable, but the abandonment came as a matter of course after it became clear that Constantinople could not then be taken great britain's losses in the dardanelles up to december the eleventh nineteen fifteen are officially given as one hundred and twelve thousand nine hundred and twenty one officers and men this figure which includes the naval lists covers the total number of killed wounded and missing besides these casualties the number of sick admitted to the hospital was ninety six thousand six hundred and eighty three general sir charles munro then in command reported january the ninth nineteen sixteen that the evacuation of the peninsula was complete the guns and howitzers were successfully removed with the exception of a few worn-out guns which were blown up before the last forces withdrew the casualties amounted to one member of the british rank and file wounded with no casualties among the french some of the forces were sent to salonica while others were assigned to duty in mesopotamia a military expert has written in summing up the effect of the gallipoli failure it is fair to say that it is readily susceptible to great exaggeration it must be remembered that the british never held very much in the strait had they taken constantinople the war would certainly have been shortened having failed to take it the war will follow the course it would have followed had the dardanelles movement not been attempted this entire theatre is subsidiary a side issue the movement was designed to help russia not because there was any decisively inherent value in constantinople itself End of section thirty five this recording is in the public domain Recording by Alan Mapstone in Oxford, England.